Hi, everybody. Welcome to How to Be Me Again, the podcast where we are learning how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. <laughs> I'm Kristen. And I'm Maddie. <laughs> Hello. Um, so last week we had our first episode about how to be emotional. Oh, no, not last week. I guess two weeks ago because we took the week off last week. Yes. Um, yeah. And how did that go? Did you find that you did your emotional stuff? I did not do my emotional homework. Oh, well, maybe, I didn't. <laughs> maybe Maddie's going to be the good student <gasps> Damn this time. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually, like, I haven't diligently, like, every day been journaling or anything. But, you know, mm-hmm. I've started to think that's maybe just not me. Mm. Um, maybe we talked about this last time, but I feel like I need to have tools that I lean into when and when I need them. Yeah. But I'm not so into the daily stuff. Daily maybe stuff that's a problem. Hard. It is. But also I don't know if that's how I naturally ebb and flow. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I have a hard, a hard time with it. Being consistent is one of my core desired feelings. Mm. but it's something that I very rarely achieve. <laughs> <laughs> but so do you feel like you feel like filled up when you're consistent? Yeah. Uh, see, and maybe I don't. It's... I feel like restricted. I'm oh. like, I hate this. Let me stop. <laughs> yeah. I think it's because I'm not very good at it. So maybe it's just like mm-hmm. I see it as something um, in other people, a quality that they have that I really admire because gotcha. I'm not able to do it. And I always wanted to be one of those people that's like every morning I sit and have my coffee and I write in my journal and I like just to always do it, but I've never been able to. So when I do that a little bit, like, um, so last week, my sister and I went on a trip and we went and did, I went for my first psychic reading. (gasps) Really? Super exciting. Wow. And I bought these um, animal spirit, like Oracle cards. They're not tarot, but. Yes, like like oracle cards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I love them. And so part of one of the readings I did for myself the other day was saying that um, creating a ritual for yourself, like even if it's just one thing a day, Mm. it's the same thing every day and try to do it at the same time. Mm. And so I do a little like my one card reading every morning and I light a little candle and I've been doing it now for four days in a row. And it's like, so I think I'm more just excited that I've stuck to something four days in a row when I write yeah. a little journal thing of like what card it was that I turned over so I can look back at on it and see kind yeah. of the progression or whatever. And I'm just, I'm so excited that I've stuck to something. It's great. <laughs> Good on you. That's, that's awesome. And like, it's interesting because see, when you said that about having like a time of day where you do mm. something, I can kind of get on board for myself with the idea of like having this allotted hour, right, mm. in the day. But I kind of let myself feel into what I want to do with it day to day. Right. Like that kind of appeals yeah. to me yeah. because I've done like I, it's, I actually I'm like, oh, we should have pulled a card <laughs> before we did our <laughs> yeah. podcasting because I love <laughs> Oracle cards. I have a, a set that literally every time I pull it is like bang on the money. That's and, this one that I've got. It's crazy. Right? Yeah. yeah th- there's a few times that I've used mine when I was using it like kind of over a more consistent period of time. And I would get the, and like these, these packs have like, I feel like I want to say like 60 cards or something. Like there's a lot of cards in there. Yeah. There was a time once where I got the same card 
three days in a row. Whoa. And I was like, angels, I hear, mine are angel oracle cards. And I was like, <laughs> angels, I hear you. Like, I obviously need this lesson. I'm obviously not listening. <laughs> like, that's, that was like that's a doo-doo, crazy. doo-doo moment for me because I was like, <laughs> wow. Like, because I'm, and I'm not like, like crappily shuffling and being like, yeah. whoops, got the same card again. Like, I was, I do Stacking this practice. the deck. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh. And it was probably like the entrepreneur card. So I'm like, entrepreneur. <laughs> Obviously. Um, yeah, duh. <laughs> Thank you, angels. Um, <laughs> no, but it was like, so the way I do my oracle cards, I like the cards to jump out at me. Someone mm. told me this once is that you shuffle, 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 shuffle. And so my shuffling gets a little bit more crazy. like crazy <laughs> like, <laughs> with every like shuffle um, because I'm waiting for one to jump out at me because I figured oh. that's the one that wants to be with me. Yeah. And so that's how I was doing it for those three days and the same card jumped out three days in a row. That's crazy. I know, right? What does it all mean? What does it mean, universe <laughs> and angels? Um, but so, uh, so I wasn't like super consistent with like mm-hmm. my um, daily thing, but when I was feeling emotional, I was really trying to like practice like kind of, I don't know if this is what we were talking about, but like kind of like just sitting to feel like, what is it that I'm feeling? Where is that coming from? And I had a couple of really interesting things come up emotionally in the last two weeks. So one of them was, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I haven't spoken to my dad in six or seven maybe eight months now. And it's been this kind of like, like source of discomfort because I have not been the one to choose this. He stopped talking to me because I didn't tell him I was having a baby and then I had a baby. And anyway, that's a whole other story. But (laughs) (laughs) So I've felt this real unease with the situation because there's been no clear line in the sand to be like, we're not talking for me to to like understand and know the, like the reasons um, and to just have a bit of closure around Mm -hmm. it. And so for the last couple of months, I've really like been like feeling this like push and pull towards, do I confront him? But why do I want to confront him? What's the outcome I'm looking for? Because the truth is I don't know what kind of relationship I actually want to have with him if we mm-hmm. started talking again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, on on Saturday night, just gone, I had, and it's, it, this is what's happened to me in the past when I've had a long period not speaking to someone in my family in particular, is all of a sudden out of the absolute blue, I'll have this feeling like I'm ready to talk right then and there. And the last time it happened, I hadn't talked to my mum for a couple of years. There's a pattern here. We can go into that another time. (laughs) But This isn't the family podcast. It's fine. (laughs) We're getting to that. That's another another month. Um, But like I at one o'clock in the morning was like just some random night like, oh, I need to talk to mum right now. And I ended up like ringing her and reconnecting and whatever. Um, but the same thing kind of happened to me with dad. And it's interesting because I've, I've thought back on that, that impulse that I felt as being like a good thing. It's something that rekindled. It's like I finally have the emotional energy and the courage to kind of like go into that kind of scary conversation where I don't know who, how the other person's going to react. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't ring. And it's because I was like, I'm just going to sit with this feeling, even though it feels really right. Like my brain was like, this is the right thing to do. Yeah. But I sat with it. And the next morning, Rory and I went for a walk and we were talking about it. 
And then that's where I started to say, yeah, but what's my, what's the outcome I'm looking for here? Uh-huh. Like if I'd gone into that conversation last night, it would have been designed for me to vent at him, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. like, I'm like, what, like, what do I get out of that? He's probably not going to agree with the things that I say. He's probably going to maybe say hurtful things back to me. I'm probably going to come away from it feeling very unfulfilled. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, just kind of like sitting with my emotions, which I don't normally do. Interesting. But I was like, I was like, pat myself on the back. Like, that's I, amazing. I that. Yeah. Thank you. That's really good. Thank you. Um, yeah. And then how like, are you feeling about it now? Did you leave it like, yeah, I haven't done anything with it, but actually okay. last night I thought to myself, because what I, what I think I am looking for out of it is that closure piece. I just mm-hmm. need to have like either for him to say, by the way, I don't want to talk to you anymore. In which case I'm like, cool. I know exactly where we're sitting now. I'm probably not totally cool, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like, but at least, you know, yeah. 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 But so I've, what I decided last night is I'm actually going to write a letter because I also have all these things that I haven't, this mm-hmm. is kind of the other thing that came up this week is I've recognized how afraid I am of confrontation and oh. discomfort, uh, uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. So much because, and I realize I, I'm going to like, there's going to be a lot of me talking. I'm feeling very nervous right now about like just me talking for 20 minutes. Do you want me to like, confront you about it? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> please don't, but, but also please do. Cause I want to get better at it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I had a um, counseling session. It's funny, like, because these always happen on a Thursday, it's always yeah. the day after my counseling session. So I'm like, Perfect. so my counselor, who's our unofficial third, like, host exactly. of the podcast. <laughs> he doesn't um, get any credit. <laughs> yeah, we, but we were just, like, drawing these lines between my, like, feeling of, like, discomfort around having hard conversations with, like, friends or in my, like, professional life. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I've learned that discomfort from being fearful of how my family will react. And I grew up in a family where the way we dealt with stuff was to like yell at each other. And it was a big yell. And then it was the next day, like, and we're over it. But Um, were we really over it? Like on the surface? Yes. But deep down, we've also like what we call school boarding. Like I've like, I'm going to just put that on the school board to remember for later to bring up the next time we have a fight Um, and like kind of drive the. the There's no resolution. There's no closure with any of that. It's just like, okay, we got it out there and then we just left it there. Yeah, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. There was never like resolution. There was never um, finding common ground. And it was just like venting at each other it loudly. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was in my first serious relationship out of school where the boyfriend I had at the time would shut down. So his family avoided conflict. And so they would shut uh, down yeah. during a conflict as opposed to us where we would like get bigger. Yeah. And so he was shutting down when I'm like yelling at him and I'm like, what's wrong with you? Like, why aren't you yelling back at me? Like get it out of your system. Yeah. And it, that was literally the moment I was like, oh, there's other ways to argue that yeah. I have never, ever been exposed to. And I'm, I'm honest to goodness, from that moment, I've never yelled in an argument with a partner since. Like, wow. it's just, I'm just like, that's not what we have to do. Like, it was just like light bulb like, There's moment. another way. Yeah. I've definitely <laughs> yeah. like, like raised my voice a little bit sometimes because <laughs> like old habits are hard to break, but like I don't get into these yelling yeah. matches. Yeah. It's like basically adult tantrums. Let's, let's call it what it is. True. True. Um, anyway, 
So I have gotten out and then like I stopped doing it with that relationship and I've worked really hard on myself over the last like seven years in particular, like a lot of self-development stuff. And so I just deal with conflict really differently. Like my relationship with my husband, we are actually pretty good communicators. Like we definitely have breakdowns, but like both of us really value communication and Mm -hmm. we know even when it's uncomfortable that we kind of like have to come back to talking to each other and like move through our own crap to kind of get to a resolution. My family are still stuck where they were when I left home like 14 years ago or whatever it was, 13 years ago. Yeah. And so I've developed this fear around uh, like um, bringing up stuff to them right. because I know that that's their reaction. And so I'm really afraid of being shouted at and having like ha- like hurtful things said to me. Uh-huh. But then I've also translated that to every other relationship in my life. So like, I've had friends, this is the awkward moment where I tell you all the things I've been unhappy with you about, Christine. <laughs> Even though I totally don't have that. But like I've had And this is the time where I like, mute your part of the recording and I just like overlay it with something I've said oh, that's clever. Technical difficulties, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I lost Maddie. <laughs> and she'll never be back on the podcast. No, this is just my podcast. <laughs> yeah, she actually died. <laughs> we can't find her. She disappears. This is super awkward. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's just me now. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I've had friendships where there's been things that have irritated me or like long stare. Like I've actually, um, ended a few friendships in the last like five years because there was an uncomfortable conversation that came up. And so the easiest thing for me to do was like back away. Yeah. And so in realizing all of this yesterday, I was actually quite like pleased and grateful to recognize the the pattern that I've kind of caught myself in because I also recognize that the ability to navigate difficult situations and difficult conversations and find common ground with people who are different to you is a really like valuable skill, Mm. especially as as a parent moving through the world with people who have children and different parenting styles, like different parenting styles, different children to you is a real challenge that challenge, I, I'm, yeah. I'm having to like come How do you to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, as a business owner, you know, mm. because like I, it's just like, I know there's a lot of rhetoric in the online space in particular or about like attracting people who are like-minded and all of that kind of stuff. And I definitely yeah. subscribe to a large portion of that, but I'm also realistic as to the fact that there's, you're never going to completely meld with someone like someone's going to have a different and that's okay (laughs) they can still be your client and you can still provide a good service to them even though they're not exactly in line with your core beliefs and all that kind of stuff right that's it and but it's also like uh stuff in the way that I help people is maybe going to bring up stuff for them that's going to cause a disagreement or a conflict yeah that we're going to have to navigate you know, like we might hold all the same beliefs or all the same values. And that could still happen because we've all got pasts that dictate how we show up in the, in the present and the future. Right. Yeah. Well, and we all come to each day with a different viewpoint or a different feel. Like there's always something else going on that could trigger us in some way that creates some kind of conflict. I think it's interesting that you're kind of talking about this also with your family stuff. It's so 
funny because my sister and I just spent a week together and um, we actually listened to the pod of the first episode. And I was like, I can't listen to this because I've, I heard it all so much when we were saying it, (laughs) but hi, Michelle, she's listening now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Um, But it's interesting because um, her and I have had quite like very different relationship with our dad, but um, both of our relationships with him have been very tumultuous and difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, her and I talked a bit about, um, I cut him out of my life a long time ago and I've kind of not resolved a lot with him, but just kind of, I've kind of dealt with that side of things with him, like my side of things. Cause I know he'll never change. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we worked through a bunch of stuff and he's just not ever going to change. And so I had to let go of a lot of things, but I think she's going through her, you know, kind of facing her relationship with him in a different way. And he's not, he's treated her pretty poorly. Um, and I think she's kind of, you know, she's fed up with it over the last few years. She's definitely, um, distanced herself from him. So we were kind of talking about, she's like, I don't know if I'll ever see him again. Cause he lives on a completely different continent now and with COVID mm-hmm. and whatever, like, what if he never comes back? And, you know, we kind of were talking about, well, do you want to talk to him again? Like, do you mm-hmm. want, and she's like, I have all this stuff I want to get off my chest and say to him, but I was like, but do you really want to say it to him? Because you know, he's not going to to give you back what you need from that. He's not going to be like, you know what? I'm sorry. I did you wrong. You know, all yes. these things, you know, do you really want that? Or do you just want to get it out to make yourself feel better? You know? Mm. And so we had kind of said, like talked about different things that she could do. And she said too, that she was thinking of just writing it all down in a letter mm. so that at least she can process it or a voice. Cause she's like, she'll do better. Yeah. She wants to say it. She wants to like say it out loud yeah. and record it. And I was like, someday you could send that recording to him if you really wanted to. Yeah. You could still do that and he can listen to it and you can either take or leave whatever he says back. Mm. But it was interesting that you kind of had a similar thing of like, yes. okay, you need to get it out, but do you need it to get it out for his sake? Like, so yeah. you, do you need to have him listen to it and validate it? Or do you need just to process it yourself, you know, or do yeah, you need well, a combination of both? Well, I actually think I need something in between mm. because it's interesting. It's so interesting you bring that up because you know, I was sitting here thinking, yeah, is it about like just saying it and acknowledging it or is it about him hearing it? Mm-hmm. And for me, at least in the moment I'm in right now, I'm like, it, it is about him hearing it. Mm-hmm. However, I, I'm trying to um, distance myself from needing, like caring about his response. Like I actually, I want him to know what I've been feeling, Mm -hmm. but how he feels about what I've been feeling, I kind of don't care Mm -hmm. because my feelings are valid regardless of how he feels about them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And it's, and the thing is too, for me, part of it is because I've been avoiding conflict and in the last, you know, several years, really been noticing just how much people pleasing behavior I have going on. Mm-hmm. It's about me owning how certain moments and situations made me feel that I haven't brought up to him, which in a way I want to, like, I take responsibility for the fact that that's not fair to him that I might be have built up resentment based mm-hmm. on things of the past that I never brought to light 
And so he's kind of like asking, uh, what, what's what I'm trying to say here is like, he's kind of um, disappointing me, mm. but he also doesn't know what my boundaries and expectations yeah. are, you know? Yeah. It's uh, like, you got to give him a chance to do the right thing. If he, then it's a choice for him. It's not just yeah. him blindly doing whatever and not knowing that he's hurting you. That's it. Yeah. And like, I totally hear your sisters need to like say it out loud because I often process best by speaking. Mm. Interestingly though, in these situations, I find it best to write because then, so interesting, we're talking about emotions. I feel <laughs> like I don't want to be overly emotional and that mm. sounds bad in the context of this mm-hmm. episode. But what I mean is I like to take a moment to look at, okay, what's the raw emotion that comes to the surface to, to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then what are the stories attached to that raw emotion that I've created? And then like, what are the facts? Like kind of like dissecting it a little bit to go, okay, mm-hmm. I don't want to vent at him. I want to like own my feelings. And I think that there's a difference because it's like using I statements, like I feel I've been hurt as opposed to like, you're a bad person. You did this, you did that. Right. And so by having the chance to write it down and kind of like edit and process each of the pieces, I get more of a chance to like own my portion of it right? and share more succinctly exactly what I've been feeling as opposed to just like sending him unfiltered raw emotion. I think I'm going to give you some homework to, (laughs) I think, I think I totally get what you're saying. And I think that's great. And I definitely think that that's the, a good thing to put forward to other people. But Mm. I also very much think that we need to challenge ourselves to still feel that emotion. I agree. Still feel the venting, still feel that whatever we view as like quote unquote petty emotional reactions, I think that they exist for a reason. And I think that we need to get better at actually letting that part out and And it doesn't have to be to the other person necessarily, because I do think like, as you were talking, I was like, there's such a stigma around emotions. And Mm. I think there's just this universal acknowledgement that being emotional takes away credibility from whatever you, whatever point you're trying to make, whatever you're saying, whatever emotion it is, Mm. anger, frustration, you know, crying, being sad, whatever except for happiness doesn't seem to take away from people's thing, which oh, sometimes I feel me. like it does. Like sometimes like, Oh, they're just like, so oh, happy. True. Like, yeah, they're just happy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Actually. Yeah. But I think it's that super emotions- rare because so few people are. <laughs> yeah. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely not my problem. They're obviously crazy. That's like, no one's like that. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you smile too much. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that that's kind of part of it is that we don't, you know, we, last episode we talked about um, intellectualizing our emotions mm. so much. And I think yeah. that that's great to a degree, but I also think that we're swapping it out. And I think we need to have both sides. I, I don't think we can only, you know, do the right thing and process everything because I think emotions are there to be felt. They're there yes. to be you know, it's okay to just explode and be like, oh, I'm so angry and just freak out, you know, like yeah. go have a moment. I was even thinking the other day, I'm like, I just want to go and like scream somewhere and just like let it out. I feel like mm-hmm. I have emotions in me that I don't want 
it's not for somebody. It's just for me to process it. It's not, so I don't need to scream at somebody. Yes. I don't need to, you know. Well, that's why I invented scream yoga, wasn't it? Like there's is there this, a scream yoga? There is. And people just like sit there and just like, <laughs> just standing, like screaming into the ether. Yeah. But it's like, because it's just a release, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. They also have laugh yoga for the crazies. Yeah. <laughs> for the crazies. <laughs> I want to go to a smash room and just like beat the crap out of something. That'd Can be we awesome. go to a smash room together? Of course. I would love that. Okay. Like, Let's do it. Oh, yeah. We need to I, do I tell like to love- monthly field trips or something. Yeah, in addition to the sailboat, they're all going. Yeah. <laughs> we need to find exactly. a sailboat with a smash room on it. <laughs> this is going to be the best sailboat ever. Yeah, I feel like we need like a graphic designer to like illustrate it for us. So, yeah. like, and it's going to have all these little additions, like a smash room. Oh my and, god! Like, just a screaming room. Oh, it doesn't need yeah. to be a room, just out at the front of the boat. We'll That's just it, scream. like Titanic style. Just like- oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, what's I going to say to you about that? Uh, we should do a smash room. Um, oh, now I've had a, I've had oh, a Kristen hi, moment. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm not the only one. <laughs> oh, I've forgotten awesome. now about screaming and smashing, but uh, let's do Oh, that. yeah, about, like, I think that um, when you were talking earlier, too, it just kind of hit me. And something that I wanted to touch on today, too, is a lot of times I think I, especially because I'm a very, I'm a highly sensitive person and my go-to thing, like I'm a crier, so I cry really easily. It's been, you know, something that I've had to deal with my entire life. And I think that that when I think about being emotional, I didn't even realize that that's kind of my go-to thing that I'm thinking about that I wanted to address and that I wanted to figure out and all that kind of stuff. But then (laughs) this week I was like, oh, I just always think emotional is being sensitive in the way that I've been sensitive my whole life, that it's crying, it's frustration, it's all of sadness, depression, because I've struggled Mm. with depression my whole life. Um, I always think it's those emotions. And I was like, no, I need to think about the other emotions and I need to put more energy into focusing on joy and being joyful and being happy because that's mm-hmm. also an emotion. And when you were, it was interesting to me that you were talking about, you know, confrontation. And I think that that's, um, you know, tying into feeling uncomfortable and feeling nervous and anxious and, and angry, angry, mm-hmm. you know, and all of those things where I'm like, oh yeah, so much of our energy goes into avoiding those things instead of realizing you know what, this is going to be a super awkward conversation and there's a lot of potential for fallout or yeah, it makes me feel anxious because it's so uncertain how it's going to go and all of that. kind. Of, I want everybody to like me, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But, oh, now I'm going to, I'm going to do my thing or I totally forgot <laughs> that my sentence. Oh no. But while you do that, I just wanted to add. Did to you remember? Like, what, okay. No, no, I, I didn't. It was going to be magical and it's a lost opportunity, <laughs> but Um, no, I was thinking when you were saying the thing about like, we have to, we still need to feel those emotions. Like we can't just intellectualize, which I totally agree with. I think the thing I came to is like, we also get a bit of choice around 
where, when, and with whom we mm-hmm. do that like feeling. Mm-hmm. And I already recognize me sharing the unfiltered raw emotion with my dad is a very unsafe situation for right. myself. Yeah. But I agree with you that, and I, but I think that's kind of where I've been in the last six months is just feeling the raw emotion and not really knowing what to do with it. Like just kind of mm. letting the waves come over me as I get, like I have had, have had these situations where like I'm watching some cartoon with my kids mm-hmm. and there's some tender mother, sorry, tender father, daughter relationship. And I just get really emotional because I'm like, mm-hmm. and it catches me by surprise because I, I probably am squashing the feelings to because a point intellectually where you're like, no, it's okay. I'm fine with it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I had this real, I maybe brought this up on a, another podcast, but I have this, I had this realization a few months ago where I was wondering why I was so disappointed with how my, like my dad's relationship with my, um, my kids was. Mm. And despite having spent like at least five, but like probably more like seven years getting really comfortable with how my relationship with my family looks like, which is mostly non-existent for for a lot of family members. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty comfortable with that now. Like I I used to have a lot of emotion around it and I processed a lot of it. And now it's just like, that's just, that's just how it is. Mm -hmm. Like I've stopped trying to make it something that it's not, which was very freeing for me, but I still had this subconscious vision of how my children's relationship would look with their Mm -hmm. grandparents that, you know, I mean, it's the kind of thing I'm not going to have worked on that before I had kids because I didn't even know it was (laughs) something. You didn't? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like, what do you mean? I didn't think of every possibility. (laughs) (laughs) But like now that that relation, like those relationships could really be coming um, really beautiful because Mm -hmm. like I've got a three-year-old now who remembers who everyone is and, you know, misses people and asks to call people. I mean, she, you know how much she loves you. So (laughs) you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh yeah. Kristen. (laughs) The tears made me start crying. (laughs) 20 more minutes after that in the car. And then when she woke up still, but anyway, uh, she's really like in touch with her emotions. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I think like I hadn't realized how much I was holding on to what that relationship was going to look like. Mm. And the fact that their relationships don't look the way I imagined was like, oh, I've got to go back to the drawing board and kind of get comfortable with how that's going to look now. Right. Because I'm I'm totally cool with me not having a relationship with certain family members, but my kids not having relationships with them was not something I anticipated. So even though logically it makes sense, like, yeah, well, if they don't like me, they're probably not going to try with my kids. But (laughs) still, I think it's because it's outside of yourself. You're like, okay, fine. This isn't what I wanted for myself, but I've dealt with it all and I'm good with it because I know the pros, the cons, the all those kinds of things, right? But when it's something outside of you, but it's also because of you in a way, Mm. not because of you alone, but because of your relationship with your dad. Yeah, I'm the conduit. Like I'm the I'm exactly. the connection between yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's almost that like, sense of responsibility, which is yeah, it's a weird thing. It is, because I also think a big part of my getting comfortable with how my relationship looks with them, like a big part of that journey was kind of disassociating from the Hollywood 
like family dynamic, like that everyone gets along and that, you know, everyone does holidays together and holidays are joyful. And like all of these like cliches that we're led to believe are true of all families. And then like you get your own family and it's not Yeah, everyone, everyone, even if people have problems and this is such a generalization, but so many people who still have dysfunction in their families have said to me like, Oh, but isn't that sad? Don't you wish you had, you know, like all of that rhetoric, yeah. which I'm like, no, I had to stop like saying to myself, I wish I had that because it just leaves me in this place of like disappointment. Yeah. But I realize I still have the Hollywood scripts running for grandparent child relation, uh, yeah. grandchild relationships. Yeah. So yeah, that's like, I need to disassociate from those, those scripts as well. But I think well. so much, like, I think that that's how we regulate our emotions a lot is by mm. what we think it's supposed to be. You know, yes. I mean, you look at romantic relationships, it's the same thing. <laughs> like, that's the big thing. I know when I met Greg, everybody told us, because we met, it was like this chance meeting. We met at the top of a mountain in a country that neither one of us, like we were both visiting yeah. this country it was pretty magical when you look at it and every single person that I talked to about it, um, everybody's like, oh, you need to like, this is like a movie script. It's so romantic. It's the <laughs> most romantic. And I was like, it didn't feel romantic to me. Wow. Which is we- like, it felt right. And it felt like, yeah, I felt a connection to him that I hadn't felt with anybody before, but it didn't mm-hmm. feel like this whirlwind romance that should be in a movie. Like, yeah, the, the odds of us meeting were really slim. And the fact yes. that we both were in a place that we could um, take the opportunity and pursue a relationship was amazing. And mm. it has been an incredible story, but it's also been a lot of work and it's yeah. been a huge adjustment and it's been me facing a lot of stuff, my relationship baggage and him facing a lot of his relationship baggage and also just living our lives and trying to figure everything out, you know, mm. like love doesn't work that way like it's not like they show it in the movies and I think that we have this idea that it's supposed to be like that and then when it's not like that you start questioning well am I doing something wrong you know well and also like how you maintain it because like so much of what the movies show is just like the meat cute and like it developing into a formal relationship and then then they walk off into the uh, sunset and you're like okay yeah but what then what then yeah, but then how do they talk about money thing? to each other? Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Know, like, how do they get real? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because like I had uh, these, I had these really romantic beginnings to several of my past long-term relationships. Mm. Like that, that, that felt so heightened. And I'm like, I used to think of them as being like, oh, like that's so important that you have this like really, like intense spark that begins the relationship. And then with Rory, we met via online dating and I used to be really embarrassed to tell anyone Mm. that we met via online dating um, because I felt like, oh, but it wasn't romantic. Like it didn't have this like (laughs) sparky story, even though the story is I didn't have a photo up. He wasn't talking to people who didn't have photos up. And yet somehow he reached out to me. So there is a little bit of magic involved there. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, I had to kind of do some journaling, I think about a year into our relationship and also realize that like, one, the beginning doesn't really matter. Like it's no. how it, it hits, how it continues yeah. that matters. 
But also I didn't feel this like spark with Rory in the beginning at all, ever. I never felt a spark. And I used to question for like about the first six months to a year, is this, is this a good relationship? Like Mm. I haven't felt that intensity. Mm -hmm. And I later realized that intensity was why all my other relationships were like up and down and up and down. It was like tumultuous. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, realizing that like the steadiness was actually like really great, but it's not what Hollywood had trained me to believe was like what I should pursue. Exactly. Well, and I also think like, even if you take Hollywood out of it, it's that thing of those emotions feel really good. You know, when you're like, oh, the high highs, you know, the low lows feel terrible, but then it's just a bigger distance to go to that next high high. So you're like, oh, everything's so great. It's that adrenaline, right? right? Like it's like running on adrenaline. So I think that that's kind of like, we almost do it to ourselves where we, we seek out those emotions and we Mm. don't know what to do with it when everything's just steady. Yeah. It's interesting because this week that I had with my sister was fantastic. Like it was awesome. And I was so relaxed and so like carefree in a way that I hadn't been before. Mm. But I also like, I realized I'm like, Oh, I'm actually present. And I think this whole, you know, doing our last experiment of being intentional and being a bit more aware of myself and all that kind of stuff really helped me be present. And in the moment, it was Mm -hmm. one of the first times that I've gone on a trip where I haven't, um, like been rushing to the next day or rushing yeah. to, oh, I wish I was at home or I wish I was somewhere else or I wish this had happened or I wish whatever, you know, living mm. in the future or just not being in the present. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, that's really cool that I was like that. But then a little bit, a part of me was like, oh, but is that what it is that I'm being present or am I just dead inside? Because I wasn't really <laughs> feeling yeah. the emotions connected with living in the future because for me living in the future is like oh there's hope and there's excitement and anything is possible it could be this it could be that I can plan this I can plan that Mm. and I think it's that emotion that I'm holding on to that's going to propel me forward yes so I don't think I there was a lack of emotions but it felt like that because it was the steadiness right like it was that steady just I'm good with this moment it was great it was exactly what I wanted it to be Mm. and I just enjoyed it well, I'm but, being practiced at like sinking into the present. I mean, yeah. that's, I always feel like that should be our, our focus for this next week, right? Because yeah. I feel I'm so similar in that way. I, I haven't told you this yet. I'm really excited. <laughs> this is the high. This is exa- this is a this is a live example of the, the high <laughs> the of the roller future. coaster. Yeah. <laughs> we're buying a um, a schoolie bus what we found one and we're going to be buying it in the next couple of months it's so exciting i can't wait to tell you all about it and are you gonna like fix it up inside i'm so well it's half ready. fixed up it's ready no. to use it's got a balcony on the top <gasps> so we can like it's got couches on the top and everything I um i know and I like so you. it's half and done i'm up. gonna come live in it well i hope you do <laughs> okay. because can we convert it into a ship it's just, it's and I scream step. off the top of it. That's all yeah. I care about. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm totally going to build a, like a, a somewhere we can do the Titanic moment on the front of the, on the front <laughs> okay. of the balcony. <laughs> um, but see, it's half, it's half uh, updated. So like we okay. can continue to make um, Renos to it. So I get Amazing. a little bit of my, I had a friend call it Reno rage recently. <laughs> and I was like, I totally have Reno rage. I really like need to Reno something. Yeah. Um, anyway. I'm really excited about that, but awesome. I'm really struggling right now with tapping into the daily, like 
feelings, daily mm. emotions. Yeah. Um, I'm so focused on like thinking of all the possibilities with the bus and, yeah. you know, those, those couple of moments in the year where we'll be like traveling on the bus, but I'm yeah, really it's like struggling. chasing that future high almost. Yeah. Because the I'm- reality is that in that moment when you're doing it, it's hard work and it's yeah. whatever. And you might have a few moments of, oh, this is amazing. And I'm so glad we're doing this. But yes, really, like that's for me, I love planning travel and I love doing all that stuff. But when I'm on, I almost enjoy the planning part more than mm. being on the trip, which yes. to a lot of people sounds crazy. But I think it's because I... Uh, that adrenaline is like just thinking about the future, not being in the present. And it's you know? pure possibility with yeah. nothing tarnished. Like it's yeah, exactly. like there, there hasn't been someone who like stole your wallet or there hasn't been like yeah. a plane that like you missed because of a connection. Like the, none of the stuff that can happen with travel has happened. It's just yeah. pure possibility and the imagination of it is perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Just how I feel with the bus. I'm like, we're obviously going to reno it like perfectly. And I had to sit with myself the other day and be <laughs> and like. nothing's going to ever go wrong with it. <laughs> no, exactly. Like the engine's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had this, I had this moment the other day where I was like, I'm going to have to be okay with the work that I do in the bus, not lining up perfectly mm-hmm. because I'm not a carpenter. I'm not a builder. Like yeah. it's going to be me figuring it out as I go. And that's going to be fun. I'm really excited for that part. But it's also going to be when I sit down on my couch that's finished and I look at the wall that I installed, there's going to be something that's not quite lined up that I'm going to look at every day and I'm going to have to be okay with that possibility because that's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's like a hard pill for me to swallow. (laughs) But then maybe you can like flip it around and and make it something that is like a positive, like put a little frame on that wall where it's just a little bit crooked and be like, listen, I did this myself. It's an indication that I did it and I learned how to do it. Exactly. And that the next time I have to do something, it'll be a little bit better and a little bit yeah. better. You know? Or just do what some of those people with schoolies do, which is like get all raw wood with like the raw edging. So like it's like yes. nothing is like perfect lines, which is exactly. actually better for your brain. Do you know that yeah. apparently if you look out of, you know how like we live in this world of like corners and straight edges, which is yeah. like th- there's no such thing in nature. Like there's no such thing as right, right angles in nature. And so looking at your window at, trees like instantly helps reset your brain if you do it for like 20 Mm. seconds yeah Yeah, you know that's why I love living here even though we live on a really busy road there's trees all behind us and I just sit here and I'm like oh trees because I used to have a really terrible view in my old apartment (laughs) (sighs) yikes (laughs) um so I think what did we say we gave ourselves some homework yeah I think it's about getting present I think it's about getting present and like I think it's a balance right I don't think we can just be totally present for the next week that's unrealistic (laughs) but maybe it's about even in that hour I think that hour that you're or that that time Mm -hmm. each morning that ritual like that's a really great practice to start just being present yeah Yeah. right that's the thing and I think for me definitely like that not intellectualizing I realized Mm. I realized I noticed it that I was doing it ever since you talked about it on the last episode I was like Oh yeah, all I'm doing, especially with my husband, all I'm doing is trying to explain to him how how I'm feeling and why mm. I'm feeling that way and trying to like process it for myself of like, why am I reacting like this? Instead of just letting myself react yeah. and feel those emotions and get over it, I'm like trying to explain it all the mm. time and it's exhausting. Yes. So I think 
I really need to focus on just the feeling part of it and take the intellectualization, I can't even say that, out of it, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and just feel, just feel things and no, don't think about it. Don't explain it to myself. Don't explain it to other people. Just feel it and move on from it. Mm. I do think that to intellectualize something is good and it's good to understand where we're coming from. But I also think like I've swung so far to that side of it where I, I, it's okay to not explain it. It's okay to not understand it sometimes too. just feel it. And from that feeling, hopefully understanding will come Yes, or it will be something because you've released it. Yeah. Especially in that moment, like just to allow it to wash over you and there's time to intellectualize it later. Exactly. There's time. Yeah. Yeah. There's always time for that. Love it. Awesome. And what was the homework I gave you? Oh yeah. To feel the things. Yes. Which I feel like I, I think I, I've been doing that. So I'm excited to like, and I am going to go and like write some, I've got a few letters. I've got like, I think three or four letters to write. Oh my God. (laughs) I can see you like, oh my God, refresh, refresh, Gmail. Like (laughs) it was one of them for me. It's not for you. Don't worry. (laughs) And here I was like, imagining an old school like snail mail letter I was oh, like am I gonna I better check the mailbox <laughs> yeah. just I a would quill love a typewriter. I feel like that's a great way to get your anger out because I like click yeah. so hard have you ever typed on a typewriter they're yes. hard to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really it would be really satisfying but you yeah. can't it's you can't like backspace and just delete stuff like doesn't True. work that way but see then I, w- I would just type like I'd, just I'd stuff up a word and then I'd be like fuck <laughs> and then I'd like keep typing <laughs> just like so much raw emotion on the phone yeah <laughs> see oh my gosh okay we need a typewriter room where there's just a bunch of typewriters and you're just like yes. adding it to the ship. it Okay, yeah, adding it to the ship. Yeah. The ship is going to be amazing. It's going to be rage, rage fueled. <laughs> <laughs> we need to call it like like the rage something. Name, say rage mobile. That's not. <laughs> that's not a ship. <laughs> it's going to have a rowboat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll have a rowboat that. Oh, actually, the rowboat which is attached to the ship is where you like row a little way away from the ship and do okay. your screaming. Okay. That's where you're screaming. But everyone can hear you because sound travels so well on the water. True. (laughs) They can hear you even better. (laughs) Yeah. But maybe that's part of it is to amplify the scream. Oh, okay. I like it. I like it. These are all great ideas. (laughs) They're ridiculous. Only as ridiculous as we don't implement them, which we will. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So we have our assignments. Everybody who's listening, we hope that you also follow along and you can um, join us on Instagram at how to be me again. I swear I'm going to start posting at some point soon. I'll post (laughs) and then you guys have to comment on it. Tell us how you're doing. Tell us if you're emotional journey or maybe you're just started listening to the intentional stuff whatever it is wherever you are let us know how it's going and share with us because it's always good to I mean we're only two perspectives it's always nice to hear another one so sure is yeah and until then I guess we'll talk to you next week I'm just like watching your face going real small and we'll talk to you next week bye That's true. What of it? Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye.